QQ more and Merry Christmas. May your stockings have been full of D20 and booster packs and all the SD cards you probably need for your Switch now. Let's be honest, there's never enough storage, which is a problem in itself. This is Mike. Welcome to Gamer Radio, episode numero dos, as I call it, el dose. And this is just going to be a super quick kind of holiday special. I know that's weird for episode two, but it just so happens to be right after Christmas. And uh, I'm doing some of my favorite things. That was my best Oprah, which is a pretty lame interpretation of Oprah. All right, so getting right on with it. I've broken this down into kid-friendly and slightly less kid-friendly games. Um, You know, as usual, we're going to keep this, you know, PG, right? Kid-friendly as always. Um, So we're not going to, you know, have any, like, salty language, anything like that. But, you know, a couple of these games are maybe... You know, you not for your, let's say, my six-year-old or, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But let's start off with the easy ones, the super kid-friendly ones. Drag Animo. So this is actually the sort of junior version of Kingdom, King Domino. King Domino. It's a very hard way word to say. Uh, it comes from a European studio in Germany, I believe. And it is a as you might suggest, kind of a tile-based game. So these are dominoes printed with different fantasy-themed terrains. You have uh, forest, kind of a stony, mountainy area, a lava area, a wintry area, and you have to start on an empty board and match the pieces uh, on the board, right? So, for instance, you might have a tile that's like two forests, or a forest and a stony, or a forest and a lava, right? Something like that. And every time you match, you get an egg. These eggs are little tokens. Some of them have baby dragons in them. Some of them do not. Uh, At the end of the game, you count up how many baby dragons each player has. Very simple. The adult version of this game is a bit more complex, though not super complex. Uh, But my six-year-old has been loving Dragonomino, and we've really played just a ton of it. I was actually kind of surprised. I picked it up on a whim. It was kind of the last thing I got at my local game store for Christmas. And I it's it's definitely the dark horse of this holiday season for me. Reasonably priced, uh, high re- replayability, and you only need two people to play it, but you can go up to like five or six. So definitely if you have young children, a good pickup. If your kids are a little older, let's say you're more on that, you know, age 10 range and up. I'd say maybe go for King Onimo, right? King Duck, yeah, Kingdom Omino. It's just, I'm never going to say it right. And we're going to have to accept that because English is uh, tough for me right now, apparently. So next game. All right, this one's a little weird. The MLP deck building game. And by MLP, I, of course, mean My Little Pony. That is, if you're not familiar, somehow you've been living under a rock or you just choose not to see the sparkles flying around you is a children's cartoon focused on a pony a magical pony of course uh, i believe she would be a unicorn called twilight sparkle who solves problems in her community based on the power of friendship yes i have many younger relatives and i know lots and lots about my little pony uh, throughout the TV series, there's actually been two, one from the 80s and one, uh, the remake, which has been out, I think, for like five or six years. And now there's even a new, new one uh, that Netflix is making that, thankfully, I know very little about. 
Having said that, the second remake series, the first remake, second series, is actually pretty good. Check it out if you have kids, especially like, you know, young kids, very positive themes. This game is no different. It is a deck building game, which usually aren't my type. It's a self-contained deck building game. There are optional expansions, but you don't need it. You buy the base game. It's about 40 bucks, and right out the box, you have a full experience um, for up for anywhere from one to, I would say, four or five people again. It's kind of just like the premise of the show. You are playing one of the ponies, whether that be Twilight Sparkle, Rainbow Dash, Fluttershy, or Applejack. See, I remember them. So it is four. And you have to overcome various, I'd say, minor challenges. And then a big challenge, which is usually like a villain from the show, such, such as uh, Nightmare Moon or um, Discord. Yes, I know a lot about My Little Pony. I gotta say, this game, I was a little shocked at how complex it was. Um, I kind of bought it as a, as a joke for my stepdaughter. And we ended up playing it. Uh, she, her, a friend of hers and I, for hours. It, it's amazingly deep. In fact, I kind of think it would probably be a little more well-known if it wasn't My Little Pony uh, themed. But it's, yeah, it's a good game. It's uh, made by Renegade Studios, who make a bunch of stuff. They do a bunch of licensed products, too. Again, a, a core feature of it for me, especially if you have younger children, is that it is um, self-contained. Now, I would caution you, though, it isn't, it is pretty complex. Um, you know, I'm not sure that a a five or six-year-old would necessarily get it without a lot of hand-holding. Um, so maybe you're thinking like seven, eight. I mean, certainly you could if you're helping, but it's it's a deep game. And uh, I, I guess friendship really is magic. It makes good board games. All right, switching gears a tad to non-self-contained card games. Uh, Pokemon TCG V Battle Decks. Now, my son is very much into Pokemon, and I've been getting him into the TCG, and he we play quite a bit. Um, one of the challenges was we started with the Academy product, which is a self-contained box that has four, uh, I think they're half-sized decks, I think they're 30 or 40 card decks, and they're they're pretty simple. Um, I would say too simple. He even at six, he got relatively bored with them pretty quickly. So the V battle decks are the next level up. They're themed on kind of an iconic Pokemon. Uh, for instance, we got the Cinderace and the Mewtwo one. Which, for if you're kids or you know Pokemon, you know that those are uh, two pretty pretty well known ones, right? They're featured quite heavily in the movies and cartoons. I believe that there's a Pikachu one and a Raichu one as well. There's a bunch of them. They've been printing these for years. One super helpful thing, depending on the age and uh, skill level of your child, if that's what you're using the Pokemon TCG for. And no, no worries if you're not, right? If you're just playing it, I know plenty of people who competitively play it. Um, in fact, my local game store does a league, so I know it's a big deal. Um, but for, for the younger kids, they have levels on the box going from, I believe, one to three, the V battle decks are a one, generally. So that means that they tend to have more Pokemon than trainer cards, uh, more simplistic mechanics. And just, you know, it's it's an experience where my son at six can actually just pilot the deck himself, right? As soon as your reading, reading skills are up there, it's 
pretty much, you know, it's and I don't modify the decks. So it's a it's a pretty fair match. Power level wise, I think some of them are a little better than the others. I mean we we, we bought four. Um I would say the Mewtwo one is maybe when played correctly, slightly at an advantage to the other two, or the other three rather. But um second maybe maybe tied with the Cinderace one. But we bought the Steel one whose name I don't remember. And a fighting one that was a little, little disappointing. But again, it's not so much so that it's a blowout. And I don't think you're going to necessarily, you know, if you have like two kids, one of them is not going to feel cheated because one deck is OP compared to the other. So good stuff. Uh, also nice that they give you the deck list printed in the deck. So if your little person is like mine and decides he wants to modify it and it turns out that was a bad idea, you can just go back. Right, you just go back and uh, match the list. All right, going digital again, still kid friendly. Mario Strikers, some subtitle that Nintendo felt the need to add. Uh, this game is awesome. I believe it's actually Mario Strikers Battle League. It is for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it supports both play on TV via the cradle and handheld. It is multiplayer, um, couch co-op, or I should say couch multiplayer and online. And my kid and I and friends and family who've come over have just been playing the heck out of this thing. You can, uh, it's, if you're familiar with some of like the t old Tiny Toon Soccer on the Sega Genesis, it's a lot like that. It's, it's in that same vein of like arcadey, semi-casual sports. Uh, well, actually super casual, right? It has all the Mario, uh, basically nonsense you would expect if you're familiar with Mario Kart. For instance, you could like lob a shell at the person with the soccer ball instead of allowing them to take a shot. There are super moves. There are um, varied fields. The characters can unlock gear, which is interesting. They actually added a free patch to it, which included new characters, which is super cool. But most of your, fa your favorite Mario guys are going to be there and gals, right? They've got uh, Peaches there, uh, Daisy's there, Rosalina's even there, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, Bowser and, you know, that whole crew are there too. Yeah. Uh, again, really fun. The matches you can set to as quick as I think five minutes or as long as I think uh, 15 or 20. Uh, there's also a cup mode, very similar to Mario Kart, where you do a bunch of matches, except this does it in a traditional bracket as though an actual soccer tournament. A lot of fun, especially for, uh, you know, having a group of people over really... I found myself playing this game actually with adults as well. Really a good, just really well executed. And, uh, you know, Nintendo is just awesome at making these, slapping Mario in something, but really making a good game, not just doing it as like a licensed IP, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, pump it out kind of situation. Strong recommendation. Of course, like all Mario games, the price does not go down. Although I believe it is currently, today is the 8th of January, currently on sale for their New Year's sale. So if you on the eShop, so if you want it, might want to take a look at that. All right, so we're going less kid friendly now. Now this one I was hesitant to put in this category, um, but it's MTG Magic: The Gathering Jumpstart 22. The reason I put it as less kid friendly is I I just have a sense, and I'd love to hear from y'all on this, that some parents might feel that you know the uh, some of the, some of the like spookier cards, right? Like they have vampires and ghosts and stuff like that might be a little too much um 
This product, though, I think is ideal for getting a new player into Magic. What it is, is there, there are 20 card packs. Each pack is half of a deck. And that half of a deck is built around a theme. Uh, for instance, one of the themes is uh, flying, right? Flying creatures that basically evade the opponent's defenses because they literally fly. Another one is walls. Um, one is kind of a just big creature, get lots of mana, which is the resource used to pay for things in Magic and play big stuff, green deck. And there's a bunch. I think there's a Merfolk one too. I don't remember, but there's a bunch of them. And the way you play it is you buy two packs per player. You just, before you even look at them, you just slam them together, open them up, and bam, that's your deck. In the deck, there's a little card that tells you what each pack was all about. It's pretty cool. I mean, there is a luck of the draw element that sure you could maybe be at a disadvantage, but I so far had these matches have been just incredibly fair. The mechanics are not so complex that my six year old actually is has been playing this with me. And yes, he needs some hand holding, but it, it's not like, you know, handing him my pioneer deck or a, a standard magic deck and just, you know, it's just too complicated, right? So really good, really great for new players of all ages. Um, big, big caveat. So Wizards of the Coast, the company who makes magic, sells a number of products that they attach the Jumpstart moniker to. Uh, the only one you should be buying right now is Jumpstart 22. The original Jumpstart was good too, but it's not in print. and the, Those packs can be quite pricey. You should be paying about 7 bucks per pack for Jumpstart 22. The Jumpstart, Dominaria United, and Brothers War are the same idea, but they're just cards pulled out of those sets. They weren't designed necessarily to be played like this. And it is a bit more complex than the mechanics, too. Um, really, I tried both. I, I didn't... I've tried all three, actually. Dominaria United, Brothers Warren, Jumpstart 22. And the one that stuck to me as a fun format and a, and a good format for beginners was 22. So strong recommendation there to steer clear of the DMU Jumpstart packs and Brothers War. All right. Our last... Not last. Total lie. Our last digital game, actually, is... Marvel Midnight Suns. This is available on the PC, uh, via Steam, the Xboxes of all creeds. I think it's the Xbox One as well. I think it's backwards compatible too, but it's the S and X, obviously, and the PlayStation. I, I'm personally playing it on a PS5. It's brought to us by the folks that brought us XCOM Enemy Unknown. Uh, so it's that kind of tactical game. It is definitely watered down compared to XCOM. And it has an interesting card mechanic where your moves are cards and you play cards to execute moves. Uh, you are playing a team of iconic Marvel characters, including Spider-Man, Iron Man, um, Captain Marvel, basically a lot more, right? Blades in there. You got, you got a lot of people you've probably seen movies of. Uh, Captain America's in there. And a character that you make that you pilot called Hunter, but in combat, you control all the characters. Really cool. A lot of fun. Uh, graphics are great. I, it's not buggy, which I was surprised because, again, some of these kind of more you know IP-based products can be a little shoddy, but this was really excellent. I'm about a third of the way through it, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I intend to do a full review when I'm done. Uh, strong recommendation. It is Marvel, but the reason it's not, in my opinion, grouped into the kid-friendly category is the villain Lilith is quite spooky, for lack of a better term. 
And I just, uh, yeah, I think it would be a little too much. It's just a little too scary. Uh, definitely, like, kind of a lot of guns, a lot of stuff like that. But a good game. And if you're into tactical games, or if you're just getting into tactical games in particular, a great entry point. Because it it certainly shaves off some of the complexity slash rougher edges you might face in a, in a more large experience. I don't even know how to put it. But there's there's enough here. There's enough depth here for, for even experienced players. So good recommendation. Um, I mean, I give it. I, I recommend it. And yeah, I would check it out. The last one on our list is definitely not for kids. Mansions of Madness. This is a tabletop game that has an iPad or PC or other tablet companion that you need. But it comes with it. It's free. And you are exploring a Lovecraftian mansion where the old ones are trying to rise. If you know anything about Lovecraft, you absolutely know why you shouldn't let your kids play this. It is very scary. A lot of fun. A lot of replay value. A lot of expansions that are available should you choose to pony up. I love it, even though I've played uh, one round of it so far because it's quite long. And my guy, my character, I was playing Father Mateo, ended up going insane, and I won't spoil it. But your uh, your gameplay status and motivation changes if you go insane. So And you don't tell the other players. So it can go very quickly from a cooperative game to something else, which is super fun. If you're into this kind of thing, it's really there. When you run the iPad app, there's a music that gives it kind of like creepy, Lovecrafty ambiance. A lot of fun. It comes with figurines that are not painted. You can paint them if you're into that crafty kind of thing. Strong recommendation. Um, I mean, all of these, right? These are like my favorite games from the holiday season. So, yeah, good stuff. So, this is just a quickie uh, episode. If you want to get involved, we're going to be having more co hosts. Uh, we had for our first one, Chris Fisher from Jupiter Broadcasting. Awesome dude. He's something of a gamer himself, a big Linux aficionado. I'm sure most of you listening know him. Uh, we're going to have some other people talking about kind of like different aspects of gaming, people who maybe are better than me at a lot of these games, I would imagine. And people who play different games, something you know that maybe we haven't heard of, or I haven't heard of at least. Uh, if you want to get involved in the notes, there is a link to the Discord. I strongly encourage you to join that Discord. It's totally free. Uh, we've actually already done a couple pickup games of MTG Arena, and we're trying to put together things like Commander via Spell Table for Magic. Uh, there were some folks in there last night talking about, I think, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links or Master Duel. I don't remember. But yeah, all that stuff is open for you guys to play and to hang out. It's going to be the primary feedback channel and the primary channel where you know I look for things that you guys wanted to show, which brings me to my last point. The show is driven by you, right? Songs about you. So let me know what you're playing, what you're thinking, what you like, maybe what you don't like. Um, just get involved. And the best way to do that is, again, that Discord. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Dumanuko. Uh, the company, my company that sponsors the show and produces it, The Mad Botter, is also on Twitter. And The Mad Botter has an Instagram, which is going to be sharing some interesting things uh, regarding gaming and, in particular, talking to game developers and game development itself. So there's a lot to come. This is episode two. There's probably going to be some kinks. I apologize. But uh stay tuned and let me know what you think talk to you later lucky rolls